Are there stories of hope in Jesus found in heartache? The answer, of course, is yes, especially out of Ukraine. One Christian interviewed saying, I have never seen so much evil and so many good deeds as I have over the past year. One heart at a time touched the gospel. One of the little-known facts coming out of Ukraine, 500,000 Bibles distributed and being read over the course of a year. One story of personal revival coming from England, where thousands of Ukrainians have found a home. On Orthodox Christmas Day, January 7, a Church of England pastor realizing everyone coming to the fourth smallest church building in all the UK were from Ukraine. St. Michael de Rupe is the name named after the Orthodox patron saint of Kiev. This Christmas, different. It was packed. They prayed. They worshipped. 101 people crowded in a building built for 60. Refugees in a strange land, now saying they've met Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Thursday, we're still in a series called Revive Us Again. We've been talking about revival for nearly two weeks. We've received messages from people who have been really encouraged. But we've also heard from some of you with concerns. Why are you hopping on a bandwagon? How can you know for sure that what happened at Asbury University was a revival? I think you can hear some of my thoughts about all this if you've listened to the program the last couple of weeks. But I want to remind everyone that we planned and prayed for this series on revival well before the events at Asbury happened and even before we knew the date when the movie Jesus Revolution would open. That's how God works. I think what I've been so greatly reminded of recently is that God prompts his people to pray for renewal, for revival in their hearts, so he can use us to carry the good news to a needy world. Today, we're going to talk to a pastor in Louisiana. He's one of those students at Asbury who started praying for revival back in 2019. He's going to share how the Lord worked in his heart, giving him a great desire to follow Christ. And we're also going to turn our attention to Isaiah 40, where it speaks of revival. If you've been struggling with a biblical definition of revival, then stay with me. Let's see what the Word of God says. And when our time is finished, I'd like to give you an opportunity to support this program. And as our thank you, I want to send you the documentary called Revival the work of God. It's an outpouring of the Spirit among God's people to change the normal life into a supernatural life. Their lives were changed dramatically by the sovereign act of God, the work of the Holy Spirit. They were men of tremendous prayer. They wrestled with God. That's, that's what they had over us generally today more than anything else. The miners were having prayer meetings down the pits. The lifestyles of men were being transformed beyond all recognition. Just a few of the voices from pastors and scholars on this feature-length documentary that was shot on location at various places where revival has broken out. I believe it's important to remind ourselves about how God has moved in the past so that it will inspire us to pray for revival today. So when you call us after the program, ask for the double DVD set of revival. It also comes with a digital copy for those who don't have a DVD player. Our number is 800-65-HAVEN. 
800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, watch the extended trailer of the documentary, and then make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's open the program with a voice you've heard sing many times on this program, Haven Today. Prepare the way, O Zion. Prepare the way, O Zion. Your Christ is drawing near. Let every hill and valley a level way appear. Greet one who comes in glory, foretold in sacred story. Oh, blessed is Christ that Louisiana now. 
and a pastor at a church in Shreveport. And he was part of that group at Asbury Seminary who started praying for revival in 2019. And then revival came just starting on February 8th this year. Matthew Holbert, welcome to Haven Today for the very first time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you. You know, uh, we can talk about what you were praying for, but let's, let's do something a little different here. You're a minister of the gospel. You're actually preaching this weekend. And we talked about this earlier. Has there ever been a spot in Scripture, I'm setting you up for this now, where the Lord has just ministered to you in a mighty way, and I know it's what you're preaching about on Sunday, tell us the verse, tell us why that verse, that passage impacted you. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a familiar passage, and it's in, uh, I know it's in Mark, and I, I believe, I know it's in Matthew, and it may even be in Luke, too, but I know Mark is uh, chapter 8, uh, verses 36 and 37, uh, but it's where Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And this is one of those passages that has haunted me in a good way for a long time. Mm. And if, if I'm in a healthy mm-hmm. place spiritually, it still haunts me. If it's not haunting us, I wonder what we're doing. Uh, but for too mm. long, um, well, I was a lawyer for uh, close to 11 years and uh, at a family firm. I had an uncle, uh, two uncles who I practiced with, my father, my brother. At times we had a, a cousin that was in there. It's not, there were other members of the firm that were not blood related. Uh, but very much a close-knit family firm. I was the second generation of lawyers, and in a lot of ways was being groomed to inherit the practice, uh, all the work to kind of flow down. And in so many ways, it had already kind of started uh, being passed along to me. Uh, one example of which was the city attorney position. I, When I left the practice, I was the acting city attorney and was about to probably step into the role of being the the appointed city attorney for the firm. Uh, So in so many ways, uh, I had a rising practice, a rising career. Things were really moving in a positive direction. We were in Perry, Georgia, which is a great, uh, great community, great place to raise kids. It's a fairly safe community, not too big, not too small, and a lot of industry coming in right next to an Air Force base in a great county. We had a house on two acres, uh, just had renovated about a year ago, a year prior. And we lived right across from my brother, uh, right across the corner from another brother up the street from my sister and had both my Mm -hmm. parents in either direction. So on the surface, things were perfect. If you were to to design a life, I had the designed life that many people would want. But there was always a little void there, Uh, something that was uh, just nagging at me that I was made for something else. I was designed for something else. Uh, And it's something I wrestled with a long time. And so that verse, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul, continued to Mm. be highlighted before me because I often wondered, am I forsaking my soul for this pursuit of the comfortable good life that, that I had built well, and, and truthfully, that the Lord had built. I mean, let's not give myself too much credit. Uh, mm. But but mm. to be in a place where I wouldn't be prepared to move with him because the cost would have been too high. Uh, that, that, that verse continued to mm. ring in my ears. Uh, so 
Yeah, that's that's the verse and passage that uh, really has just been very teaching to me, convicting to me, challenging, but also encouraging uh, at times because implicit in there is a promise. Uh, if we are willing to lay down our lives for him, then we will gain life. Uh, so with that verse kind of hanging over my head, I, I eventually su- submitted myself to the Lord's call to uh, step out of the legal practice and pursue life as a seminarian, going back to school. I mean, just it's unthinkable really at this point, but that's what God led us to. It's what he opened up to us. Mm. Matthew Holbert, a pastor in Louisiana now, formerly a lawyer in in Perry, Georgia. Would you mind leading us in prayer that the Lord would break into all of our lives in a more profound way? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are unstoppable, that you are unsearchable, that you are so beyond what we can imagine or think, uh, and that your purposes and what you desire to see come to pass. Lord, the, the forces of this earth cannot stop. And so, Lord, we do ask that you continue to break through in all of our lives, that you continue to break through the hardness of our hearts, the cloudiness of our minds, the deafness of our ears, and the blindness of our eyes. Lord, the things that shackle our feet to keep us from moving or bind our hands to keep us from reaching out, we pray that you break these things, that your spirit may have authority in our lives, that your spirit may have life in our lives, that you may lead us to places of love for those that we encounter. Lord, that your name would be lifted high and glorified and that your light would continue to shine throughout the earth, that people would see and know that you are good. So Lord, we ask that you break through, continue to break through in your church of whatever stripe, of whatever name, of whatever denomination, break through in your church that you would be revealed and shown as real, that you would lead your people into newness of life. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Haven Today. My name is Charles Morris and a series called Revive Us Again. Yesterday, I quoted the late Baptist preacher Stanley Voke, who came up with that line, the way up is the way down. We've been talking about revival for nearly two weeks. But what is revival? I think revival is God becoming alive and active in his people, saving, forgiving, making things right, renewing a right spirit within us. Think of Isaiah 40 and how it opens. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord is spoken. Now, listen to the same text from Isaiah, but quoted in Luke 3, taken out of the Greek Septuagint translation of the Old Testament. The same sense, but slightly different wording, moved over into English. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. 
every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. I hear this, and I think about roads. I was a small child when President Eisenhower announced the building of an interstate highway system bridging all of America. It radically changed transportation. I remember a vacation as a child in Canada, and the Trans-Canada Highway was not yet fully paved. What a change when it was completed. Make straight, make level. God's on the move. God wants to come among his people. We spoke yesterday of the Hebrides revival in Scotland. We heard the pastor, Duncan Campbell, talk about it. Revival is the coming of God among his people, laying a hold of his people. God's people were in captivity for 70 years, the backstory of Isaiah 40. But now God was going to do something new among them. Their faith was dry. They were living in a spiritual desert. Read the whole chapter of Isaiah 40 and see how great God is. Little gods are no gods at all. Presidents, prime ministers, rulers on this earth are nothing compared to God. We are all like grasshoppers. The nations are like a drop in a bucket, but God abides still. Isaiah 40 ends with God leading his people like a shepherd. Do you not know? Have you not heard? God doesn't get tired. He gives strength to the weary. We make God too little. He's the great God of the universe, of all the nations. And Isaiah says he's going to come. It was John the Baptist who took up this passage and preached it by the river Jordan. He was preaching the coming of Christ. Prepare the way of the Lord. Only he does not grow weak or weary. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. But in spiritual revival, there is preparation. Prepare for the way of the Lord. The way the Lord uses is through his own people on our knees. The way up is the way down. He uses us as his channel, his highway. Every valley exalted and raised up. You don't start on the mountaintop to find the Lord. You start in the valley. Valleys can be depressed places. The Grand Canyon is the deepest depressed valley on earth. People have died in the depression of California's Death Valley. Matthew Henry, the Puritan preacher, said God is hindered by our depressed faith. There's the valley of guilt, and maybe your past, and maybe you're ashamed of yourself. Fear is a valley. You're afraid to die, maybe afraid of heights, or afraid of closed spaces. Doubt is a valley. Haven't most of us, even Christians, had times of doubt, even to the point of doubting our faith? I've been there. I bet you have, too. There's the valley of disappointment. Dry valleys come in all shapes and all forms. Even the disciples ran away when he was crucified. They thought there was no future. They were afraid. They doubted after their Lord died on the cross. But then came Jesus into their valley. He forgave their sin, drove out their shame. Every valley will be filled, Luke tells us. And that's what grace is, filling your valley. That's what Jesus did. Forgiveness, fullness, joy. When Jesus came into the upper room and breathed on them, do you see the valley you're in? Do you know the way out? The way of preparation? 
the way of revival? Come to Jesus. Only He can fill your valleys. He knows your need, and only Jesus can raise you up and lift the burden from your shoulders. Won't you come to Jesus today? The way up is the way down. Sovereign Grace in the Valley on a haven today called Revivus Again. Well, I'm 
So thankful that we were able to spend time with Matt Hulbert earlier in the program, and I appreciate his call for personal revival for all of us. That's something you'll notice as you study great revivals of the past. Most began in the church with Christians repenting of their coldness towards the Lord and begging for the Holy Spirit to bring an awakening to God's glory. And you'll see that when you watch the new documentary called Revival. I believe the more we know of how God's worked in the past, it'll inspire us to pray today that he'll send revival now. This feature-length film walks you through the history of some of the greatest revivals of all time. As you watch, you'll be greatly encouraged to see that God moves in big ways, in lives one at a time, in churches and towns and even among nations. Call us right away. Make a gift to help this listener-supported ministry keep sharing the good news of Jesus. And as our thanks, we'll send you the double DVD called Revival, God at Work. Not only do you get the full-length documentary as well as extra interviews, it also includes a digital version for those who don't have a DVD player. You can go to our website and watch the extended trailer of the documentary and get a feel for it, and then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you do get to go to our website, check out the Great Stories podcast, where we have extended interviews with Pastor Jeremy Walker, the host of the Revival Documentary. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? And again, we'll share together this great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. I remember some of our hopes and dreams for the future. Decades back, there was talk of flying cars and a colony on the moon. Some of those things may be getting closer to reality, but a peaceful world without disease or suffering hasn't come to pass. Compared to our dreams, the future is a disappointment. But in the book of Zechariah, the Lord declared that in the future, people from many nations would become his people. And then he said this, be still before the Lord all mankind because he's roused himself from his holy dwelling and you know that is coming to pass the gospel is going to the ends of the earth and we can be still because the future doesn't depend on us anchor devotional available in print monthly visit getanchor.com